This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. If Colombian writer Gabriel Garcia Marquez were alive today, he might write a sequel to his bestseller, Love in the Time of Cholera, and call it Working in the Time of Coronavirus. Since he's not, we thought we'd take a leave from his book and talk about it on our show this week. With most of us confined to our homes, it's probably something many of us have never had to do, stay within the four walls of our home in close proximity 24-7 with family members we see for about five hours a day. It's been tough enough for those working officers, but harder still for free Lances and those running their own businesses, requiring them to meet with people, yet being unable to do so. What can we do to keep ourselves sane? How can we keep productivity of businesses going? What do we do when instructions from bosses are sporadic or when there isn't enough of the routine stuff to keep us busy, like on a normal working day? How can we reframe this into an opportunity? Well, it's the last Monday of the month, as usual. We have Sheila Singham uh, on the show to talk about what else working in the time of coronavirus and just to let you know we're being responsible here and this interview is being done obviously from a distance hello <laughs> sheila how are you yeah i'm okay Fida. i'm actually some people might find it funny but i'm thriving actually <laughs> ah, okay we you've you've gotten used to the new normal getting used to it yeah and but most of all i think it's that Bonding with family and doing things that I never found time to do before. Even looking out and seeing the sunshine, you know, out there, it's it just become so fresh. Right. Wow. So, so what has this pandemic uh, and the social distancing policy taught you about doing business and about people? Well, it's taught me that in times of adversity, you actually can take the best learnings for yourself. And you can become very innovative. So one thing I've learned in this uh, past 12 days is that people are very important to me. You know, it's sometimes like you don't see people for months on end and you kind of don't miss them. But now the people that I haven't seen in a few weeks, I'm missing them. So, you know, I'm, I'm making a lot of calls and things, you know. Many of us are just been living our lives like a proverbial hamster on the mm. treadmill, you know? Right. Go to work, come back, you know, with minimal contact with our family members. Now now we're all thrown in with them. And we're discovering that, you know, we, we can enjoy the time with our family members. In fact, we should be learning to do that. So, you know, we, we, we have to reconnect with our loved ones. I think that time is for us, you know. And also I found out that while COVID-19 has brought out the worst in some people, you know, all those who go and sort of swipe the supermarket shelves and, <laughs> and stock their fridge with 300 types of vegetables and all that sort of thing. And uh, those who are selfish ones and never told people they're exposed to the virus and just walked around. Right. So it also brought out the best in a lot of people. I've had friends calling and saying, look, how can we go and give money or food to the homeless, mm. their, their refugees, their people, the urban poor who haven't eaten in two, three days. What can we do? You know, right. that sort of thing. And then um, sort of stepping up to help each other's aged parents to go and buy groceries and do errands and and things like that. That's on a personal front. Yeah. I find out that, you know, I've, I've been connected more than I ever have before on social media and things. And I found out that there are a lot of really uplifting stories as well. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of humor. I, I found out that, <laughs> oh my gosh, Malaysians are hilarious people. Uh, I tell you, uh, we right. could just put everything they say and do into a show. I think we've got a comedy show going for next three years. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but and, I'm not, and of course, um, the thing that I 
found to be most important, Frida, from a business perspective is that we need to innovate before yeah. it's necessary. Right. You know, a lot of us are very complacent. We do things the same old, same old way. Eh? Mm. And then uh, when when something hits us where we need to change, we are so unprepared. Mm. And so this is a lesson we have learned. Anything can happen in the world today. I mean, one tiny little virus that nobody can see has just brought the world to its knees. Mm. Right? So who knows what to expect? So we need to always be prepared for change. You know, we, we need to, me, on a personal note, I'm beginning to look at digital ways to reinvent my business processes and right. even my business, how it's delivered and so on. You know, yeah. so, mm. you know uh, one of the things that you, you talk about people, I think like we always, always, you know, we're so caught up in the middle of things, right? You know, running around and then suddenly it's like, wow, we really have time to reflect right now about the oh. people. We, we, we don't have the I have no time excuse in no, that sense, either. right? And I think when you talk about innovating as well, you know, this has made you rea- made me and I guess you as well realize that, okay, I've got to innovate the way I work um, yeah. and because it might happen again, right? And also, I guess, as we're innovating about should this happen again, also maybe be prepared when when things improve, right? Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of innovations have happened that way. It's like needs must and then we need to innovate this way mm. and that way, come up with this technology and that technology to combat this. But then, you know, the thing might die off, the, the, the problem might go away, but the technology is still there. And then we can find how we can take that technology or those new processes and all that and apply it forward in, in, a, in, a, in a reasonable you know, uh, environment, an environment that's safe. Mm. We can take those and we can use them to even innovate. So even if the problem might go away, these new methods, I think, are going to be here to stay. Right. So and do you, you think know? we'll be able to carry on as usual, business as usual, once this pandemic has passed? I want to ask you a question. Uh, mm. Outside, I would say no. La, mm. But I want to ask a question. Uh, do you want to go on as usual? Uh? Right. Until, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Some people out there might think I'm just like so unrealistically optimistic. Mm. Uh, but you need to be optimistic, no? At mm. a time like this. Right. Otherwise, you sit down at home and you'll go insane thinking of, oh my God, oh my God, where are we going from here? So I'd rather not think about where am I going to go from here I'm rather going to make the decision about where I'm going to go from here. Mm. So rather than have that drive me, I mean, you know, uh, be at effect of that, I'm going to be at cause and say, I'm going to drive myself in the direction that I want to go. Mm. So if this virus has taught us anything, is that we need to relook our priorities, both on a personal and a business front. Right. Okay, so we're never going to be the same again. And I wouldn't want to. Mm. Because even in the midst of being locked down at home and all that, I'm finding that there are exciting new things that I'm able to do, hmm. you know, because I have some time on my hand because because I have to. I have to create. So because I have no choice but to create, I'm creating. So on a personal level, we, okay, as you said earlier, we need to relook ourselves, our hmm. priorities. Hmm. We need to be examining what was that thing that you always wanted to do, hmm. whether it's on a, you know, in your leisure side of your life or in your business side or in your career. Did you want to go and pursue that new course? There are lots of online courses. Go do it. Hmm. Did you want to take up a new art or a hobby or something? Go and do it. Did you want to learn to cook? I know a friend of mine who's just learning to cook. I mean, she's just kind of like just a few years younger than me and never saw the need, you know. But now she's like, no, I decided I want to cook. And she is, you know. Mm. So if we're, and, and we need to achieve that work-life balance. I think if this 
isn't as subtle as anything. It's that it's one tiny. We're so scared of a tiny virus, uh, yeah. that could kill us. Uh. Shouldn't we be more afraid of a workaholic lifestyle? And the consequent stress that can also kill us, right? You should, right? I, th- I think this, yeah. Mm, I think yeah. this has given us this reflection about you know the word life balance. Now you got all the life to balance it out, uh, yeah. and, and and do that right. And and I think also when you talk about how we want to do things and all that, I, you know, look at your goals again, right? And you you can you can still be on track. You know, you can still be in your how to be innovative with the goals that you've set for the year and and be on track with new ways. Yes. Um, in, in terms of businesses, you're right. I mean, we must never go back to square one. It's not even a choice of can we or will we. We mustn't. We need to, now businesses all around the world need to face the fact that they need to set aside resources for innovating. Innovating needs to be part of your business model. Mm. I, I'm, doing, I'm doing a program, right, with uh, Professor Vijay Govindarajan. Mm. Um, he's a professor emeritus. Um, and he says that while we keep doing what we do for now to keep the business going as we know it, we need to allocate about 30% of our resources to innovating our current products and services. Mm. Mm. like taking it one step ahead mm. and 20% to experimental new ideas that will take us into new spaces mm. 20% to go into unknown territory and experiment and 30% to start innovating what we have now right so whether you take it from a, an organization's perspective or you as a, a you know as a, a business entity yourself right yes. there's 30% into into innovation and 20% into new things Hmm. We'll continue our conversation uh, right after this. I'm here with uh, Sheila Singer from Human Equation talking about working in the time of coronavirus. BFM 89.9. I have a dream. Be firmly motivated. BFM 89.9. Good morning. This is uh, Frida Liu. I'm here uh, with uh, Sheila Singham from Human Equation. Uh, of course, Sheila comes on the last Monday of every month, and we're talking about working in the time of coronavirus. So it's uh, it's been a challenging time for the nation and uh, the workforce for the last 12 days, and we know that we are um, this restriction is happening until April uh, 14. Right. Uh, whether this extends after that, who knows? Right. Uh, but based on your experience, what can people do to keep themselves positive and productive? OK, I've got a number of things in my mind here. You know, the first thing is, of course, we need to set some boundaries in place of being positive. Now. Mm. While, it, while we need to know what's going on out there in the world, the realistic facts and all that. We really need to eliminate the negative thoughts and conversations from the space we occupy. Yeah. So if you live with people, you need to make that a rule at home, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so that people don't pass that negativity around to each other. Another thing is avoid sharing negative posts on social media mm. and avoid sharing things that if you don't know the source. Yeah. Okay. I, I myself learned this the hard way. You know, I, I reposted something recently um, which was a, a leb- legitimate letter from someone in the medical front lines. Mm. And then I was told by a, a medical friend um, in the field, Wrong. Um, it might uh, upset some medical frontliners fighting see. the disease. So I, I quickly deleted the post and I learned that, you know, be very, very responsible. Find out who your source is. It's easy to get angry when we post and comment, but we need to be sensitive. I really think all those comments blasting the government and all that. Now, they're not productive. Save them later. You can, when the thing is over, you know, because even those fellas up there, even, you know, our 
current prime minister. He, mm. he just needs to get positive energy. We need to send positive energy to the people who are doing something. And that means the medical frontliners, mm. even, you know, those who are making the policies and so on, adhere to the policies, right? Yeah. So another thing I'm doing every day is making lists of things to do, whether it's work-related, home-related, you know, grocery runs and all that, assigning a time frame for each so that I get important things done and I get it out of my head. Otherwise, there'll be a lot of noise in my head. I must do this, must do that. I should be doing this, Mm. I should be doing that. Then I don't do it because the noise is just going on in your head, right? Mm. So it's easy when you're working from home to get the lines blurred. So you must have clear lines of delineation between work time and leisure time, like, telling people that this is work time, you you cannot come and ask me to cook and I must eat now and all that. Just respect that this is my work time, right? Mm. And regular calls are very important with teammates. You Mm. know, even if you don't have work-related things to talk about, just schedule something like have everyone say between 1 and 2 o'clock is lunchtime, maybe between 4.30 and 5 is we call and just motivate each other, like, hey, mm. chat like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Make list. What I do is I make a list every day of two to three people to video call. Mm. So it could be okay. family members or it could be friends. I particularly target those who are living alone mm. or those who are living with older people, you know, right. because looking after older people and, and children and all that can also be very trying, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, you should. So you, we, we haven't arranged our video call because living with a teenager is also very trying. <laughs> <laughs> well, hear me. I've got a. I've got a pregnant mummy in the house. I've got uh, my work colleague here, you know, and uh, son-in-law in the house. But actually, it's turned out to be really lovely because we've been bonding and cooking and eating okay. together, playing board games. Oh. So that's another thing, like We need to create activities for the family to do together. Mm. You know, get recipes, get your children involved, art and craft, board games, <laughs> video calls with extended family around the world so that they know that you're okay and so on, right? right. Now, ah, my son, my, so- my almost 18-year-old says, I'm stuck with her for another three more weeks. Anyway. <laughs> no, like, I think, you know, at the end of the day, he will come out of this appreciating mommy more. Like. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 you're saying like two or three video calls. What else do you do? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I I have a schedule. I get up. I mm. I do some you know prayers and my spiritual side of things and all that. Have my breakfast. Then I'll come down to work. If there are calls to be done, I make the calls. But I make sure like you know I've been doing videos and posting them up on mm. on my uh, human equation mm-hmm. uh, social media channels and my personal like uh, I've done two so far on how to conduct business by video calls and how to conduct business on the phone and email, how to keep the rapport going. And you'll be surprised. Uh, I teach this in my trainings and a lot of people don't know these tips. They're like, oh, really? You can mm. do that? I'm like, yeah. So I'm just sending this out to clients, posting it so anybody and everybody can have access to them. So right now for this couple of weeks, I'm I'm focusing on these things. And then later it'll be about how do you do business like this time? What should you be doing if you can't do business? Then innovate. Mm. How to innovate? So um, I'm actually got some, some uh, daily videos coming up um, right. for how long we can sustain I don't know but I'm doing my best to, to do it daily some will be serious ones some might be just you know sort of back and forth between me and my mm-hmm. my colleague and uh, so, 
Uh, we'll, we'll post some of that stuff out loud. I mean, okay. we make sure that we try and eat something different every day as well. Otherwise, ah. you can get bored. Huh? Ah, yes. Please like, don't eat bread and sardines every day like that. <laughs> After a while, you can go mad, you know. Not because you're not getting nutritional value, but because same old, same old. We need variety at this time more than at any other time. So right. plan your meals. Right. Don't simply, simply go and buy and just snatch out what's the first thing you can see in the supermarket shelves. Like, we are not really yet in that survival you know, horror movie kind of uh, phase yet. Huh? So right. plan your meals, you know. And then very important for everybody to keep motivated. So let's say you don't have instructions. You don't have a heck of a lot of work. And you're sitting there feeling, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm feeling useless. I'm not being productive. Will I lose my job? So stop thinking that way. Mm-hmm. Go and plan how you are going to innovate or improve or enhance your knowledge, your skills, your business. Look for online free courses to go and learn. Mm. Read whatever books you have on hand. Today, there are lots of places offering free e-books and all that. Mm. Avail yourself of that and go and read. Make notes on, in areas you're interested in. Develop, even if it's another area, develop your skills. Who knows when you go back to work? Um, you know, those skills might come in really handy. Right, right. I think the big thing that we need to read up now, study, is innovation, mm-hmm. you know, design thinking, strategic thinking, creating new business models. At least you go back, you have a voice and say, look, I have got some ideas, you know. And who knows, those ideas might be taken and then, wow, people look at you and say, okay, it's not worthy of promotion, you know what I mean? Right. Promotion in the time of coronavirus. <laughs> Now, the optimists say that there is an opportunity to be had even times of adversity. Uh, and of course, you know, the proverbial silver lining in every cloud uh, adage. So what opportunities are there to be capitalized upon uh, in these areas? I know you talked a little bit about learning new things, right? Mm. So first of all, as a business, right? Businesses, those are heading businesses, whether it's small businesses, individual, uh, macro businesses and all that. How can I change the way I do business to remain relevant? Mm. Here's the thing, Frida. Mm. We've all become used to working from home. All right? Mm. And we have found out that employees are very responsible. Okay? Now, the thing is, I don't know what company policies are now. Are you expecting your people to clock in 9 to 5 like before when they have got children at home, aged parents, grocery runs to do cooking and all that? Or are you saying, look, these are your deliverables for the week, do it and then send it up, schedule the calls, be on be on, on, on hand for telephone calls, video conferencing and all that. So once you set all those rules in place, um, then you need, to, you, you need to realize in the time to come when this is over and we all have to go back to offices, employees are going to realize they work just as well at home. Mm. So why do we need everyone to be here nine to five, five days a week? Right. Why can we not have staggered shifts? Why can we not let people work from home some days of the week? And I tell you, productivity is going to go up. Right. You, of course, you don't let everyone do that. Lah. Those mm. who don't produce, no, you come to the office where I can watch you and do. You earn the right to be doing this. Or even at that time, yeah. you find out who's the one that's not and, and productive and all that. And, and this is, you know, that's a way also of gauging, right? Because I think a person's going to yeah. be productive regardless. And you're actually safe on, on real estate in terms of cost if people exactly. work more from home. Yeah? Exactly. And, and the fact is, if I, I mean, I've been working on my own for 10, more than 10 years now, Frida. Mm. I do work a lot. Uh, from home a lot. Mm. I I handle the household chores, I take care of my household, I go pay bills, I do everything. And yet, I work. I work really hard. Mm. And I'm working way past, um, no, five o'clock uh, some days. 
some days my kids have to come and say, "Mom, go to sleep." You know, you, mm. you can always start the next day. Mm. But you know, it, the, the fact of the matter is, it's a myth that um, people are. You let them work from home, they're going to lepa and not do the work job. I think it's time employers started trusting their people. You got no choice but to do it now, right? Right. So why, mm. when the pandemic is over, do you go back to not trusting them? You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. So you you got to go and start asking people yourself how do we capitalize on digital platforms and many people have resisted going digital the one now we like yeah. the face to face interaction I for one love going into a, a, a venue and doing training face to face I love it I'm in mm. my element that way mm. but now I need to learn to find my element by doing it through webinars and you know other other means you just yeah. need to you just need to innovate right and you as know? you were saying that moving forward it be it be blended you know. Yeah, it'd be blended. It is definitely I'm going to be looking at that. Yeah. So again, ask yourself, people, if, if there's not a lot of business coming in right now, um, you know, not a lot to do, sit down and have those video conferencing calls with different teams. Don't just choose the marketing team to innovate, no. Mm. You start forming different, different teams. So let's say you're in marketing. So mm. form a different team. One person from marketing, one person from finance, one person from sales, yeah. one HR. person from distribution. Ah, HR. So every team has a different uh, people and then give everyone like, an assignment. Okay, how do we innovate? Um, that's basically what I'm designing right now, Frida. I'm seeing mm. the opportunity coming because I'm seeing that really companies have gone into a state of shock. Are you? We're not ready for this. So you need to set aside the resources for innovating and, and how. But people sometimes people don't know how to innovate. So that's what I want to do, you know, right. moving forward. Okay. Yeah? And yeah. Right. So we'll talk about some, some case studies of creativity and innovation uh, right after this. I'm here with Sheila Sinkham from Human Equation. This is Enterprise BFM 89.9. Be financially minded. BFM 89.9. Good morning, Frida Liu here. Sheila Singham from Human Equation, and she joins us for the last Monday of the month by hook or by crook, uh, by face to face or on the phone. She's on the phone with me, and of course, we're talking about working the time of coronavirus. Um, do you have some tools and techniques for practicing creativity and innovation at this time? Uh, some examples or case studies? Hmm. Okay, so. Um, I think I mentioned earlier that I am actually doing a program, a postgraduate diploma in innovation, design thinking, and strategic thinking. You and me. And one of the yes, ah, yes, you and me, right? That's right. And we need to talk about that on the next program. I think the next month will be ready for that. (laughs) So anyway, just to give people a glimpse of what it involves is one of the tools that MIT Sloan School of Management design uh, uh, has come up with is a design thinking approach that comprises five steps. Five steps, right? So the first step is empathy. So you need to identify customer needs. So right now, if you're sitting at home, you can't go out and meet customers, look at the database of customers, come up with a questionnaire that would help. The, and send it out. Don't have like 300 questions, lah, maybe um, more than questions. Send it out to your customers, your, your vendors and all that and ask them um, questions that would be pertinent to your business like how would they like you to change the way you do business? You know, uh, what other products would they like to see in your stable? How could, what innovations would they like to see in products and services? Like maybe if you're selling products, 
but you don't provide the after-sales um, sort of service and they have to go somewhere else for that, how can you then extend your your you know, business model to include that, which could actually become a revenue um, stream? Mm. So this is like, first thing is to identify your customer needs. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily have to go out face-to-face and talk to them. Just send them, use SurveyMonkey or something, send this thing and, and ask them to, um, you know, uh, a reply and collate all that information. Once you've collated the information, put it out there with all your colleagues and all your different teams that you set up to innovate and ask them to define the problem. Meaning, what are the biggest needs among the most common needs that you see, the biggest needs, and how you can capitalize on them with the solutions that are viable business wise. They have to be viable. Like, not mm-hmm. you can't, can't make money, or if it's going to cost you a ton of money, then you don't want to be make, doing that, especially at this time. Now, I'll give an example. Uh, for example, like um, DHL, what they did is they found out that people in mountain regions, it takes a long time for them to get parcels. And what if they're asking for? Uh, medicines like pharmaceuticals and essential items and all that. It takes, uh, you know, hours or days. And if there's an avalanche or something in the mountains of Europe, then it's impossible, right? Mm-hmm. So they came up with this mini sort of helicopter thing, which uh, picks up the parcel and then transports it. it. It's kind of like a drone, but it's a helicopter which transports parcels. So, you know, in a matter of hours, uh, they can get the thing. So that came out of... Um, um, sort of speaking to their customers and finding out what they need. So that's, so once you find out what the biggest needs are, then you can like think of how, what is the, what is the solution, you know, the, the statement, the, the opportunity statement for you as an organ, as a company. Then you come up with ideas. So mm-hmm. in terms of ideas, um, the Columbia Business School has um, come up with something called, uh, they're teaching something called the systematic inventive thinking method, mm-hmm. which is uh, taught by its founders, yeah? Mm-hmm. And so it has a it, it has a number of tools there where you look at your closed world. Your closed world is not um, kind of going outside and looking for resources and answers and ideas and solutions. It's looking within the environment of your business, mm-hmm. uh, which makes it rather more cost-effective, meaning that you have tools, resources, things at hand that you can actually start um, using to innovate. So shortlist those, explore the ecology of those ideas, whether it's feasible, whether it's good for the organization, the people, and so on. Look at the product life cycle, available resources, financial feasibility, and then choose the best option. Mm-hmm. So for some examples of uh, what has come out of this systematic inventive thinking method, you ask for some case studies. For example, digitalized of print media is a great example. Hmm. Okay, with the digital era, newspapers found out that, uh, okay, they'll do that. So one of those that did the experiment um, was the um, New York Times. Okay, and they 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 sort of shared resources, but they had an entire team to come up. So they can share the content, but how do you put that on the platform? So an entire team to come up with that. And today, most especially in this time, most uh, media, print media in Malaysia have become digitalized. Right. Even electronic media, you can get the news on online right now. You know, on mm-hmm. YouTube and so on. And then another thing is, if you look at photography today. Um, lots of, you know, the way we, we do photography today has changed. We, we don't even keep photos. You have an album of photos that you took last year in your house, Frida. Last time we did that, no, we right. did and we go print and all that. Today, no need. You just take all those pictures, upload onto Facebook, and then it's there. Mm-hmm. Facebook has become your storage uh, yes. space for all your photos. So, you know, anytime you want, you just 
download from there. So now that's what I do with people. Hey, Sheila, we need a photo of you. Lah. Okay, go Facebook, choose the best picture, make sure you got my right side, I look nice and all that. Lah. Mm-hmm. And then Photoshop a bit, lah, so I look a <laughs> bit thinner. And then use. Lah, no? <laughs> right? And then another, another example is Airbnb. Right. I mean, two guys, uh, one needed to go and stay up in, in the other's town and so on. So what they did is they did that and then um, they needed to pay the rent on the house. So mm. they just, uh, how did it become? It was actually the air mattress, yes. bed and breakfast concept, right? Mm. So they just put an air mattress there and gave those fellas some coffee and toast and then they call it, then they made it very sexy to Airbnb. A lot of people don't know what's Airbnb, but... It's <laughs> an airbed, eh? So, yeah. yeah, so a lot of innovations are taking place in the world. Sometimes we just don't know, but many of this, we're using the systematic inventive thinking method, right? Mm-hmm. So as we're talking about coming up with the ideas, the next thing is you choose the best idea and then you design a prototype solution mm-hmm. and then you test it. Lah. And mm-hmm. if you test it on a, but always when you test, don't go out worldwide like that, no, because mm. you because you need a lot of resources, and then if it fails, then that'll be an epic fail. Mm. So start at a small portion of the market. Right. Start with a small, maybe one product innovation, service innovation. Test it out. If it's going uh, down well, then you upscale. Mm. Mm? Okay. So yeah. So so it's very interesting when when you talk about that as well, right? Airbnb and. Because uh, one of the things is like, look, the, the world has come to a standstill, right? Uh, there will be a recession. I, I, you know, I, I think I'm just going to put it out there, you know, as much as we try to sugarcoat yeah. it, this is the reality, oh. right? Um, yeah. And Air, Airbnb came about because I think people couldn't, uh, it was, I think it was uh, the after the last uh, global financial crisis and this was an opportunity within itself because, you know, people probably can't afford fancy hotels, right? So with that yeah. in mind, and also in conclusion, uh, what are some majors that you see taking place as a result of this pandemic? And what should we as global citizens look out for? I think this has made us realize that we are all so connected on a global scale. Okay, Frida, first thing is anybody who is really interested in where we're going with this, I just came across a, a really excellent article yesterday written by Yuval Noah Harari mm-hmm. uh, in the financialtimes.com. So they just need to go to ft.com and look for this article. It is amazing. It just tells you what could we what we could be doing, you know, in the future with everything that we have learned from this and what we should be doing. So the thing is the the world as we know it is going to change. Okay? And when anything happens to impact the world physically, emotionally or spiritually, there will need to be change. Mm-hmm. Right now it's touching us at all levels. So, I mean, give you an example of this. After 911, you had travel protocols mm. experience a huge change, right? Mm. And the way airports were managed. And, but there was also an increase, increase in paranoia. And so when there's an increase in paranoia, and look, now we know that there's so many high-flying people out there. It, it, they, they're not immune from this. I, from last I heard yesterday uh, that, that if it's real news, that Prince Charles might be here. Uh, Affected mm. by COVID nineteen and there's Justin Trudeau's wife, a number of famous mm-hmm. uh, actors and all that, right? So everyone's going to be more paranoid. So you are going to see a lot of changes happening in the way we monitor our health and the way you know airports, countries monitor. Last time they monitor for security, right? No knife, no gun, and all that. Mm. Now I think they're going to be looking at other things. They're going to be developing. Um, Systems maybe digital systems that you put biometric uh, 
uh, you know, printer, and then the, the monitor will pick up your temperature, like your heart rate and all that. All of these things are going to be happening. So the thing is, will countries use this in a in an ecological way, just for the well-being of the citizens, or are they going to use it to sort of uh, control people? So that he, he writes that in his article, and it was like, just those sort of things, right? But in terms of business, um, I also did some research, and it says that the organization, the OECD predicted that COVID-19 will lower global GDP growth by one half a percentage point. Mm-hmm. Um, some Bloomberg economies warned that the full-year GDP growth could fall to zero in a worst-case pandemic scenario. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, foreign direct investment flows are going to go down. But I think sectorially, tourism, travel industries hospitality industries, even F&B, entertainment, all are going to take a big hit. Right. Right? Uh, so, the, um, but then I think every industry is going to suffer some sort of long-term impact from this. The entire economy of uh, entire nations is going to suffer. Hmm. Um, but what needs to happen is that whatever data is being collected, our governments have to start being transparent, Lafida. Hmm. Okay? They need to trust us. We're all not stupid anymore. We're all connected digitally. I'm not just saying about um, uh, our own government. I'm talking about other governments. Because mm. I was talking to someone from Japan, one of my classmates, and I said, hey, so how's lockdown? She said, what lockdown? We're not locked down here in Japan. People right. are still going out in the free- streets and all that. I said, what? She said, yeah, because, you know, um, what Olympics was supposed to happen, uh, so they didn't want to alarm anybody and right. send a message to the nation, to the world that we're dangerous. But now the Olympics have been postponed. Maybe they'll go into lockdown. I mean, like, how can you do this? How can you put economy and money before the safety and well-being of your citizenry? Mm. You know what I mean? Right. So they need to be more ethical, right? And they need to really start pooling their resources with to help one another with battling the threats that arise globally. La. We cannot be territorial when we could be wiped out in large, you know, large uh, swaths, right? Mm-hmm. So we, we need to start sharing globally. I mean, you've got United Nations, la, ASEAN and all that. Are they sharing information? Are they sharing medical technology? Are they welcoming those who know how to do it? You know, I mean, if you look at what's happened in the European nations, Italy and all that, US and all that suffering from it. They are, everyone thought, oh, COVID-19 is a third world um, disease. Mm. It won't touch us. Mm. Look. Right. So China is at the forefront of fighting this. And start South Korea, actually. Yeah. yeah, and South Korea. Yeah. So start using their technology. Invite them in. Don't be shy. And and then we need to, so while we are having global travel restrictions and all that, you need to lift those for teams of medical personnel who can come in and help. So rich countries, like people like China and South Korea, have kind of learned how to manage it. Send teams of people to, to other countries where it's just emerging, you know, so that you can arrest it. So this kind of global um, sort of... Um, cooperation needs to start taking place. Now, we have right. never faced anything like this in our lives. Okay. So the time to be territorial and be, be uh, sort of hush-hush and, uh, you know, about... So, so you know, basically, look out for the signs and, and, and uh, you know, find the... I guess even with all these things that are going to be happening, as you were saying, looking at it forward, but also finding opportunities within that. Uh, it's been yeah. a it's been a pleasure speaking to you, Sheila, and uh, stay safe. And I know I will uh, catch up with you again uh, the end 
of next month, the last Monday of next month. I've been speaking to Sheila Singham from Human Equation, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.